and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Well, we're recording this episode on the most important birthday that happens in the month of August. <laughs> Can't even finish it without wow. laughing. Wow. This is the most of all the August birthdays. This is the one that really counts. <laughs> It really matters. In case you're wondering, no, Sydney's not talking about me, her younger sister, whose birthday is in August. Oh, what? It's Charlie's birthday. It is Charlie's birthday. And I would just like to point out, I love Charlie, and I got her a great (laughs) birthday present. I did. I hear a butt coming. But Mm -hmm. the milestone I'm reaching for this August birthday, I would argue, is a much more uh, important one than six. (laughs) Is it 16? No, it's 20. Not 21. Yeah. No, but this is the end of my teenage years. <laughs> I know, but there is some sort of like depreciating value on birthdays as you get older. That I, I mean, know. a significant birthday when you're like over 12 is kind of taken over by a significant birthday when you're under 12, I think always. Like six every year counts when you're under, maybe 10. When you're under 10, it's like every year is a big year. But 20 is important, too. I don't know. Might be a tie. I'm going to say it's a tie. (laughs) Mom and Dad kept saying, we have to go see Charlie. She'll never be five again. And after today. And I said, I've spent the last, like, seven years being a teenager. And I will never be a teenager again. This is when I entered the next whole decade of my life. No one cares about this. Well, we just have to focus on Charlie's first. Hers Mm -hmm. is first. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I told Charlie my birthday was also in August, and she said, oh. (laughs) And I said, why, what's wrong? And she said, I thought I was the only one with a birthday in August that made me feel special and important. (laughs) Peep's birthday was two days ago. Yeah. (laughs) We called him and wished him happy birthday. Well, uh, Peep's has a decency to yield the month to Charlie, Riley. Mm. I refuse. No. (laughs) No. I refuse. And next year, when I turn 21, that will not be overshadowed by Charlie's seventh birthday. Seven's a pretty big year. Let's, hey, listen. I think that's when you can rent a car, seven. (laughs) I can barely handle that she's six. (laughs) Um, I would like to share with everybody, though, that I did get, I think, the best birthday present of all time. And I'm confident in saying that. I got Charlie a cameo video from Jojo Siwa, oh, and I no. can tell you all this because she doesn't listen to our podcast, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does not know yet. So I like to think I make up for taking half of Charlie's birthday month by getting her very good birthday presents. Mm-hmm. I feel okay about that. That she, as soon as her birthday's over, I'm like, okay, now. She's going to be very excited by that. Yes. She's very into Jojo Siwa. We have a whole themed, I mean, we're not really having a party. It's just like us it's just us <laughs> but but i am putting up decorations and yeah. she has a cake yeah you guys are making a cake so like we do have jojo siwa themed thing i did find it'll be us playing it heads up but i did find a game that is themed around pin the tail on the donkey is but it in, pin the bow on the jojo Pin the bow on the jojo <laughs> and so i do have that i'm going to put up and we can all together as a bunch of adults and Charlie and Cooper play Pin the Bow on the JoJo. That sounds, I mean, 
That sounds great to me, but I can't really be a judge of social interaction right now. So. Yeah, you know, in the middle of everything going on, that's that's fine. That's OK. I, it's yeah. the best. We're going to there's we, we've organized uh, again. I can talk about it because Charlie won't hear this. We've organized a little birthday parade for this weekend where people will drive by. Staying in their cars. Staying in their cars. They'll have balloons. They'll wave and honk. And she can wave. Oof, 2020. Oof, 2020. <laughs> Oof, this year. Mom mom asked me, she was like, what do you want, what do you want to do for your birthday? And I sat there thinking, like, it's a week after I'm already going to be taking i mean classes virtually but mm-hmm. taking classes it's on a sunday it's not even like on like a night where i can take off or anything or relax and but i like, can't go anywhere or do anything so like i don't know mom i guess like have dinner like we always do to eat a whole cake <laughs> eat a whole cake maybe i don't know can i get an ice cream cake <laughs> you're, you're just experiencing what birthdays are like in your 30s but it's your 20th birthday. I feel I bad. Did. I, so many people are being cheated out of birthdays this year. I, my birthday was in January. So I had the opportunity to have one of the last birthdays of 2020. <laughs> you did. You had, you had a birthday. I know. Um, well, I had two of my friends dragged me to a bar. And then we went back to my house and watched movies. So I feel bad that that was a relatively I, safe, unsocial birthday. Think about poor mom here she had a mile i won't say what it was she had a milestone birthday 30 yes okay yeah uh (laughs) and she got sick on her birthday not with covid this was sick yeah just sick enough that we couldn't we had this whole big thing we were going to take her hiking she wanted to go hiking that's not my cabin that's not my thing but i I, we had a cabin we had a whole thing taylor was going to fly in uh, and then she got sick, and so we had to cancel the whole thing. And then, but here it wasn't COVID, and now there's COVID anyway. But then, like three weeks later, when mom was better, that was when lockdown started. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, it's been a long one. I am thankful that maybe by the actual big birthday, by 21, I'm hopeful that I'll be able to celebrate in a in a more standard. This is when I start changing manner. vaccine, vaccine, yeah, vaccine. <laughs> Yes, yeah. I'm very uh, yes, I am excitedly following the progress of the vaccines. It's okay. Vaccines have saved us all for a long time now. Yeah. They'll continue to save us all. It's crazy how at first at the beginning of all this, we all were like, "Oh my gosh, it's March. Maybe we can just maybe we'll only have to do this for a few weeks, right? Maybe just like a month or two." And now it's like we're in August, so it's been 5 months. And we still have four more to go until the end of the year. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, it's fine. I've already accepted the rest of this mm-hmm. year is just pretty much a wash. Yeah. I'm just going to hold out till January 2021. <laughs> Same. But but anyway, it's Charlie's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday, Charlie. I think everybody just has one big, big birthday party next year after we're all vaccinated to make up for all the birthdays that weren't quite great. Just everybody mm-hmm. have a big mm-hmm. old national party day. What I, day is I, inauguration? Maybe we can time it. <laughs> I agree. Every celebration is going to be the biggest next year. All yeah. the birthdays, all the holidays, pride, everything. They're all going to be the biggest they've ever been. I'm going to be gay all year to make up for not having pride this year. <laughs> Previously. <laughs> I was only gay in June before. Just save it all up for June. That's how it works, right? Uh, yeah. So... <sighs> Man. It's okay. It's okay. She gets it. 
I let her have an ice pop this morning. Happy That's birthday. Nice. <laughs> we had donuts for breakfast. She's gotten uh, toys. She's only six. She's having a Zoom princess party this evening oh where my gosh. someone dressed up as a princess will like entertain her and talk to her. Oh, that's, gr- that's I, good. I believe it's Rapunzel. I like that's that. That's nice. Yeah. That's my favorite as well. So. It'll <laughs> be a treat for us all. <laughs> you can. Hey, do you want to come? I mean, I might just want to say hi to Rapunzel, but I mean, it's not my birthday. If it was Belle, she'd be there, but you're probably, yeah. you know. That's it was true. it was almost Belle. Charlie likes Rapunzel more. So yeah, I understand I, it. Yeah, I had to have a conversation where I was trying to suss out who would she rather spend time with mm-hmm. without telling her what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And initially it was Belle, and then she switched to Rapunzel, and then she looked at me and went, why are you asking me this? <laughs> <laughs> Riley, what I think I you like, do... Oh, 20 questions. <laughs> Riley, I know you have a Belle costume. I think you just show I up do. on the Zoom call in it, and you challenge her for mm. princess supremacy. Oh, Ooh. like those YouTube videos Hello. where they have the princess yeah. rap battles. Yeah. 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 I don't want to witness any of this. No, I also <laughs> I actually, don't. I'm running from the room just thinking about yeah. it. Justin, <laughs> so if cringy. you're running from the room, Justin is like melting into a puddle oh, on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's not, I don't have a transition. What uh, are we talking if, about? If only okay. we were all wiener dogs, our problems would be solved. Hey, there uh, you go. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that, uh, you know what? That line was buried so deep in my psyche, Tay, when we were watching the Brave Little Toaster in preparation for this episode about the Brave Little Toaster. I heard it and went, I don't even know that I remembered that. I mean, I guess if you had asked me what's that from, I could have come up with it, but it was so like part of our youth. You know what I mean? It crossed a lot of lines with me because I kind of had the same feeling. I couldn't remember who said it between... Batty from Ferngully, because we quoted a lot of Batty from Ferngully when we were young. And then that that was the line from Brave Little Toaster. But they kind of crossed in my head, and they were just all the same. Like, I don't have anything to say, so I'm going to quote something from a late 1980s, early 1990s cartoon. We did quote a lot of Batty from Ferngully. That is so... Tails. He was don't have tails. He don't have tails. They have big, big bottoms, and they're with bad shorts. And they walk around going, hi, Helen. Hi, Helen. <laughs> Have you not seen Ferngully? No. That'll be on my list someday. <laughs> okay, we'll do Ferngully. Please, we have to do Ferngully at some oh, point. Who didn't? Who wasn't in love with Krista? Uh, oh man. Anyway, mm-hmm. so uh, I like. Brave little it, I, 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 yeah, I, I was about to talk more about Fern. I'm. You can't just bring up Let's Ferngully. Save Ferngully, okay? It's a very good movie with a very important message and a br- brilliant performance by Robin Williams. I'm going to show it to Charlie. I had never seen this film. Okay. Until yesterday. Wow. Um, but that line, I had heard our father say so much for I don't know why, <laughs> just many times throughout my life that when it, I did, had the same reaction when it when they it was spoken, I was like, oh, this is it. This is where it was from. Now, now Taylor, do you want to give us a quick plot summary for for anyone uninitiated with the what was it nineteen eighty seven seven yes. okay nineteen eighty seven. Uh, so The, the Brave, Brave Little, Little Toaster. Toaster, which is actually based on a novella by Thomas Dish from 1980, um, uh, but came out. the movie came out in 1987. It is the story of a bunch of appliances who like live in a cottage, uh, it's like a family vacation home, realizing that their master, who's like the young boy of the family, they call him master, uh, is not going to 
come back, so they want to go find him, so they can, you know, have a purpose again. So it's like a, a toaster, a blanket, a vacuum cleaner, uh, a lamp, and a radio that all head off to journey from this cottage in the in the woods to to the city to find their owner, so they can be of use again. Was this like a pre the when when you described it? I kept thinking, was this a precursor to like Toy Story? Because that's very Toy Story. It's like, oh, they have a young owner and their toys I, and they come to life. So instead of appliances, they were like, maybe can we make appliances something that kids like more? Well, and they made them toys. You know, I, I was did you I know that you have read about this a little bit. Tay, did you find any references to that? Because I, I was thinking that as I was mm-hmm. watching it, like, wow, there's a lot of because we just watched Toy Story 4 the other day for yeah. the first time. And so that I was that was on my brain. But then, like, the, the lamp in the Pixar, mm-hmm. I, I kept looking at the lamp in the movie and thinking, like, was huh. this, was there inspiration here? Like, was this just, like, a... Is it just a coincidence? So, I don't know. I read an AMA with the director of Brave Little Toaster, uh, Jerry Reese, and um, he, he didn't answer the question directly. It was kind of farther down in the conversation. He didn't get to mm-hmm. it, but... Uh, where somebody asked if that was inspiration. It was pointed out that there were people that worked on on the Brave Little Toaster that did work for Pixar eventually. So mm-hmm. there's that connection. But, I mean, someone else also brought up, like, the Velveteen Rabbit. Like, this idea of, like, an inanimate object that's loved by a child that, you know, tries to be reunited with a child isn't... Mm-hmm. It's, it's a sort of consistent idea. But I do sure. think that you can't, like... Especially with the things that the appliances come up against, because there's so much in Toy Story that's, like, they face off against, like... You know, things that symbolize death and, like, becoming, mm-hmm. you know, obsolete and useless. I I can't imagine that it isn't in some way a loving homage to the Brave Little yeah. Toaster. I, a quick Google search tells me that there are lots of, uh, well, at least there's a lot on Reddit about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, there's a lot out there drawing those connections. And I think that some similar, I think this may, the Brave Little Toaster was the first Pixar film that wasn't, could have been. Almost was, oh. wasn't. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. see some suggestions. I just, I'm, I'm browsing. I'm perusing briefly, but mm-hmm. I, I, be, I bet there is some connection there. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels very Pixar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I will say it was a lot. I don't want to say dark, <laughs> but it was a lot more like, oh, dang, okay, than I expected it to be. Because from what I knew about the Brave Little Toaster, I was like, oh. There, it's a it's an alive toaster, and he goes on an adventure. And sure, that's in there, but also like there was death, mm-hmm. <laughs> almost death, d- multiple times. Yeah, I was not expecting that. No, it's well, it's and I mean, I think that drawing the connection to films like Toy Story, where like it's for kids. I mean, animated appliances. Mm-hmm. It's adorable. The music's cute. He's adorable. The, you know, I mean, like so much of it is like funny and cute and adorable. Um, but the themes that the kids aren't going to pick up on are a lot heavier. I mean, I think that. Sure. Well, and I think. I mean, it's sad. Like, the premise is sad. Yeah. The stuff has been abandoned. That's. Yeah. It's, it's sad. Well, and that, you know, it, it, I, I was reading about its release and there was a lot of back and forth uh, with Disney as to if it was going to go straight to video, straight to like the channel or it was going to get a theatrical release. Uh, it was released at Sundance, and even though it didn't win, there were a lot of people that current that privately came up to Jerry Reese and said, "Look, this was the best film. Uh, we just it would cartoons don't win this uh, at Sundance." And then it showed at a lot of like college campuses and stuff. So 
it, even like in when it was made, there was an awareness of this is it's for kids, but there are things that are kind of not necessarily meant for adults, but can certainly be better understood by adults in this movie. So I think that, mm-hmm. you know, even in making the movie, uh, that, that was kind of a magic moment, I think, in the late 80s and early 90s where animation wasn't committed to necessarily whose its audience was. It was just existing. And I think The Brave Little Toaster is an encapsulation of that because, yeah, it's, it's very heavy. <laughs> Is that is that why you can't... When I first went to look for it, I went to Disney Plus, mm-hmm. assuming that it would be there, and I almost accidentally watched The Brave Little Toaster <laughs> Goes to Mars, because <laughs> I just saw Brave Little Toaster and clicked right away, and, I was, and Justin was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and I was like, oh. So they have that, and they have something called Brave Little Toaster to the Rescue, and I'll be honest, I've never seen either of these, yeah. I guess, sequels or... I don't know where they fit into the narrative, but I've never seen those films. You but don't I, know the timeline. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't uh, know. Are they canon? The, the, but I, Brave Little Toaster was harder to find. Yeah. Well, the, the timeline is, for anyone interested, is that actually the, like, in how the movies were made, the Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars came before the Brave Little Toaster Saves the Day. But uh, sequentially, in the movie timeline, the third movie happens between the first and the second. So the last thing that Brave Little Toaster <laughs> does is go to Mars. <laughs> So this is like a Fast and Furious kind yes. of thing, where there's Tokyo Drift actually happens later, even though it's third in the order. Uh-huh. It happens after. It's like a whole Zelda timeline you've got going. Six, on. I think. Anyway, yeah, and uh, and that's the 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 Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars is actually written by the original author of the novella. Uh, so that. I mean, it's still, I think, a lot, it's a lot, I've seen that one, it's a lot more of a lighthearted film. He was, a, like, a famous sci-fi writer before he, he did mm, The Brave Little Toaster okay. for kids, but he was actually a well-known sci-fi writer. Fun fact about uh, the original author of The Brave Little Toaster, Philip K. Dick uh, wrote a letter to Congress trying to show that he was a communist and part of the Soviet Union and part of the Red Scare. Why? <laughs> Philip K. Dick was paranoid. Oh my god! Wow! Not because of the Brave Little Toaster. No, no, this was before the Brave all Little because Toaster. of the Brave Little Toaster. <laughs> and there was no basis to this. There was no founding in this. Mm. And uh, he was a big fan of Philip K. Dick before that. And then he found out. He was like, "Well, well, heck, that's not very nice." So he yeah. based oh. it in one of his last novels. He had a character that was, that was based on Philip K. Dick, or maybe it just was Philip K. Dick. But it was very not like it was. It was you know, it was a jab. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. just... Although I will say these appliances, they're all working together for the for like a common goal, and oh, they no. each have their role to play. And they, mm. you know. do you think it's like <laughs> Animal Farm? <laughs> Is it? The men are pigs. The pigs are men. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Thi- I, no, I don't think so. the The themes of the the, the themes from the book slightly differ from the themes of the movie. But there's mm-hmm. for as 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 soon as I heard that there was a cool sci fi writer that wrote the original, I was like, oh, well, it's definitely been butchered, right? But it's actually pretty close. Like the ending has changed. But it's uh, okay. if anything, the movie is darker and scarier than what the original novella is. Really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, they add in a lot of the the confrontations with mortality that happen in the Brave Little Toaster. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean that's I think that's what because I remember as a kid I just was fascinated by this movie. Just and there were things that I didn't understand, but that made me sad, like the flower scene. Um, yeah, early on in the movie when they first set out on their journey, uh, they're in the they're in the woods and there's like a cute sing along. 
but the the toaster comes across a yellow flower and the yellow flower sees itself reflected in the toaster and you know wants to hug the toaster kind of falls in love with the toaster and the toaster is like Mm -hmm. no I, i can't be with you and leaves and then it looks back at the flower and the flower is wilting and dying and it's a really sad moment and then it kind of goes back to the happy song it it's funny because i had i was watching the film with with charlie and cooper and i had chased cooper out of the room right as that scene was taking place (laughs) and when i came back it had just ended and i asked charlie what did i miss it's been a while since i've seen Mm -hmm. it and to hear charlie try to describe oh (laughs) what'd she say she said well there was a yellow flower and because the toaster is like a mirror, the yellow flower saw another yellow flower and then liked it. And I said, oh, did it like fall in love? And she said, well, I don't know if it wanted to marry the toaster, <laughs> <laughs> but it loved the toaster, except the toaster's not a flower. So the toaster had to leave. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I, uh, okay. So then, was the flower sad? And she was like, "Oh yeah, the flower like fell over." And I was like, "Oh, okay." Oh. I I, <laughs> I kind of remember what I think you're describing. <laughs> Anybody out there that's concerned, like kids won't get complex concepts. Like a woman can love a woman, and like this gets like, oh, that this flower fell in love with the reflection of a flower in a toaster, and <laughs> it's like they're fine. They get it. I'm like, did they fall in love? She's like, well, I don't know if they want to get married. (laughs) I'm like, don't rush things, mom. I don't know. They they wanted a hug. (laughs) One of the fascinating things about that scene, which I always, like, I wanted to understand what that meant. And even when I rewatched it as an adult, I'm like, there's something, there were little bits that I didn't quite pick up on. Like, there's that scene. And then you see, like, everybody's really cruel to Blanky that first night. Like, there's the first night that they all camp out. And Mm -hmm. Blanky just wants to cuddle up with somebody. And no one lets him cuddle up with them. And uh, then that scene happens. And then right after that, uh, the toaster rescues Blanky from the mice. And then later that night, uh, Blanky makes a little tent out of himself. So everybody will cuddle up under Blanky. And the toaster makes a point of thanking Blanky and, like, being really nice to Blanky. But what the uh, the director pointed out in the AMA was that Blanky and the flower are the same color purposely because Brave Little mm. Toaster learns a lesson in that he couldn't save the flower, but he can save Blanky. So that's why he saves him from the mice. And then he learns to appreciate Blanky. And it's a, a lesson about kind of saving what you can save, which is that's a big concept for kids, but also really yeah. beautiful. <laughs> well, and to build on that after that, I think it's is it lamp or radio one of them asks the toaster why are you being so nice to blanky now mm, lamp, lamp? Yeah, lamp does yeah like mm-hmm. what's up with you like you you know why are you being so nice when we've all been kind of rough on blanky and the toaster's just like well i just realized that it feels good to be nice to the blank i mean basically that's it like i i realized that i shouldn't be mean and i started being nice and it feels good yeah to be nice and that's well, I, Riley's about to cry. I'm about to cry. <laughs> well, that's a, I will say as a parent, like, that's a really great way to, like, for kids, because kids have so much difficulty when they're really little seeing the world from other people's point of view. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just the way their brains are wired. It takes a while to have the ability to, like, put yourself in someone else's yeah. shoes. So why should you be nice to someone? Well, because it will make them happy is a harder concept than it feels good mm-hmm. to be nice mm-hmm. 
you know, the person is happy and that makes you feel good. That's a really, that's a strong way of selling it to kids. Like, here's a good reason to be nice. You feel good. Yeah. It's <laughs> when like, you're nice. You got, uh, tell that to Cooper. It's like, when you're mean to, to Aunt Riley, to baby sis, <laughs> don't worry about the fact that it makes when, baby sis sad. Just think about how good you might feel if you're nice. When, when you pick up your toys and beat baby sis with them. <laughs> when you beat um, me with the shovel. Hey, uh, we, we, hold on. Before all right, all right. we talk more about the movie, because I have some more, uh, uh, we haven't really gotten into why it means so much to you, Tay. And we need to yeah. get there. But before we do that, let's check the group message. Oh, there was, sorry, there was a bug on my glasses. Ew. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to talk about my glasses, though. I want to talk about my pants. Okay. Are there bugs there, too? No, there are no bugs on my That's pants. Good. My pants are bug free. And my pants are also comfortable and stylish and mm-hmm. wrinkle free and ready to go from a busy day at work to playing with the kids in the evening, to out to dinner if I ever get to do that again, um, because they're Beta Brand. And I've told y'all about Beta Brand pants before. I had discovered these on the recommendation of fellow doctor moms who were like, oh, you got to check out these pants. They're so great um, because when you're around in the hospital all day and you're sometimes like, you know, bending down to like check out feed or whatever you're doing at work i mean you know i know it doesn't seem like it but doctor work can get pretty physical mm-hmm. uh beta brand pants are really comfortable they are they look nice because they're dress pants uh but they feel like yoga pants so you have the comfort of wearing yoga pants all day but you're wearing dress pants to work um so i would highly recommend beta brands dress pant yoga pants they're professional they're stylish they're comfortable um they're totally functional and they're made of wrinkle resistant stretch knit fabric perfect for long days whatever your whatever your work is outside the home or inside the home if you you know if you're working from home right now it's still important on those zoom calls to look professional or Mm -hmm. just to feel like you're in that work headspace it helps to like get dressed for work every morning routines are important so, Tay, if our listeners want to check out Beta Brand Dress Pant Yoga Pants, where should they go? Well, right now, our listeners can get 25% off their first order when you go to betabrand.com slash buffering. That's 25% off your first order for a limited time at betabrand.com slash buffering. Find out why people are ditching typical work pants for Beta Brand's Dress Pant Yoga Pants. Go to betabrand.com slash buffering for 25% off. I want to talk to you all about what's in my ears. Wax. Wax? No. <laughs> I want to talk to you all about the earbuds in my ears. Oh, okay. So I've been doing school from home now um, for many months and will be doing so for the next many months. So it's very important for me to have a good pair of earbuds because I want to be able to listen to my class and my classmates and my professors and not necessarily what's going on in the house around me. I need to focus. Um, and that's why I use Raycon earbuds. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, because I use these when I'm working out too, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to, not what maybe your mom and dad are listening to, like on the evening news, or maybe not what your guinea pig is saying at that moment, because you need to focus. (laughs) But before you drop hundreds of dollars on a pair of wireless earbuds, check out Raycon, because they start at like half the price of all those other wireless earbuds. And um, they sound just as amazing. And they're comfortable and they don't yes. fall out. They don't fall out. They're so comfortable. 
And their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, offer six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating fit, which is perfect for all of your earbud needs. The company was founded, uh, co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg and uh, Mike Tyson. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Neither did I, but now we all know. And they're all obsessed with Raycons as well. And I am too. So, Taylor, if our listeners want to check out Raycon earbuds, what should they do? Well, now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash buffering. That's buyraycon.com slash buffering for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash buffering. Now, Tay, I had a question as I was watching it. Um... Do you do you feel like and maybe again I was just in this mindset because Justin has been watching all of the Miyazaki movies mm. with Charlie um for another podcast he listens to he's, mm-hmm. he, they go through all of various directors works and anyway so he's watching them for his own enjoyment and to follow along and I've been watching some of them with him and I've been thinking a lot about the way that um your connections to like Japanese animation and I was thinking about in the brave little toaster the idea of all of the objects in someone's house having like a soul and a personality and feelings and like the way that we treat things mattering the things that are inanimate the idea that like it matters the way you treat that toaster that Mm -hmm. you don't use anymore it matters the way you treat your desk lamp um and that all seemed to tie together to me. I don't. I don't know if any of that was meant to be there or if I was just reading that in there. But um, I mean, I don't like that concept. It's it's funny because that's a. It makes me think of Marie Kondo. <laughs> yeah, well, it does. It does. Uh, yeah. But the thing about Marie Kondo, her, you know, the the uh, respect and appreciation of inanimate objects uh, that comes from. I mean, that's not exclusively, but that's like from her understanding of like shinto beliefs that you know like Mm -hmm. yeah like objects have spirits and power and that they deserve to be treated well and i love that concept and i do think like i don't know like it's a chicken or egg situation because the the brave little toaster was such an important movie to me when i was young and hadn't been exposed to any of that that i do feel like maybe in my uh, like teen and adult life that's what drew me to things that had that concept Mm -hmm. in it um because i do like you know i i think that that's I think that's actually a good way to go through the world is to be respectful and appreciative of anything that you come to that comes to be of service to you or comes to aid you in your life, even if it's your toaster. <laughs> yeah. I, I found it I found it very moving because uh, as the movie started, I started thinking like, why were all these objects just abandoned here anyway? That seems kind of mean. And then I thought, why do I think you can be mean to a toaster? <laughs> where where yeah. did this come from? <laughs> that I that like part of my brain goes, well, don't be so mean to your vacuum cleaner. <laughs> yeah. I think my viewing experience was probably slightly different in terms of what it did to my my uh, mental state concerning all of my inanimate objects. But ah. the main character leaves them because he's going to college, right? Well, so well they've moved out of the country into the city. Right. Uh, I I think it, the it's 
the setup in the novella is a little bit clear uh, that it's like a, a summer home for these people and they're not so they only okay. come visit it once a year but it's been a couple years since the family's come visit it because the they're older and then now now the son's going off to college yes okay see that's what that's what got me when when he comes back at the end and he's like gonna bring them all with him even though he's going off to be an mm-hmm. adult at, at college I was like man and I was looking around my room like thinking about all the things that I'd left there since I'd moved out and been at college and I was like are they all are they sad <laughs> all of all of these various things I have in my room and and appliances do I need to take them with me and that I tell you if we talk about adult themes you you start to get into that is a, a one of the hardest things I've found as I've grown up and moved places and our family has grown and like the things we need ha- have changed you know when when you first move out it is very common to take a bunch of stuff that your parents don't need anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah or, or whatever like he goes to the summer house to get some things to take with him Mm -hmm. because he's moving out now and these things are not needed by his parents. So he can take them. And like our first, I know for Justin and I, our first apartment together was completely furnished with things that were old things that were given to us, things from our collective youths. And then as you get older, you start to like, what can I let go of? Because, you know, this table's totally broken, but I love it. But it's mm-hmm. totally broken or, you know, whatever. This is falling apart or this isn't big enough anymore or whatever it is. That's that's such a hard transition as you get older because you, you do look at these things that are just things. But at the same time, my alarm clock I've had since sixth grade. <laughs> that same alarm clock. <laughs> and it's... Boy, it barely works, but I keep trying to fix it because I don't. It's going to be hard to have mm-hmm. to let go of that. That's funny. I still have my my Sailor Moon alarm clock. I no longer use it as an alarm clock, but it just lives in my house now as a object. Uh, well, and I, <laughs> I I also wonder if like because that works even from like the uh, the one to one kind of like objects as like you know things that maybe can be treasured and and hold sentimental value but even in sort of a metaphorical way of like things that make you who you are and serve you in your youth and i think you know with the parallel of like him going off to college and even as the the objects move through this transitional period it's almost like a coming of age story as they learn how to Mm -hmm. care for each other and and they each kind of have their moment of valor where they protect each other that the objects are sort of coming into themselves weirdly enough but that idea of like what do you leave behind and what do you take with you and that not everything that you know that obsolescence doesn't have to exist for all aspects of our previous selves i mean that just because Mm -hmm. this boy lives in a house full of new cool gadgets that you know they have that whole song about basically being cutting edge and being better and that that's why all these things from this boy's past are useless but ultimately those are the things that he treasures and chooses to take with him which i think is kind of a beautiful metaphor about getting older and and truly like you know honoring your your past that has made you who you are Mm-hmm. Um, I also think it's it's a great example of movies that are for kids, but there are lots of not only themes that adults can connect with, but like there's dialogue in there with little like side jokes and things mm-hmm. that I like I was watching to see like, OK, Charlie did not pick up on that at all. Not yeah. like not like 
dirty or something. Right. I just mean like that joke sailed right over her head and I'm chuckling because I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that was kind of funny. Uh, like at one point, the radio says, I'm as certain as I am honest. And <laughs> somebody else is like, oh, we're doomed. Then. <laughs> and uh, it was it was just a funny little quip. I mean, like there's a lot of that little I don't know. I feel like some of that is it, it speaks to an older time in television and movies when everybody was witty and talked really mm-hmm, fast, mm-hmm. especially <laughs> with the radio humor, which I love. I love that like transcendental yes. ac- like, ac- accent and that whole vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I like it reminds me it, in that moment. It reminded me a little of like some of the uh, witty back and forth on MASH <laughs> that I always enjoy. It's But it's a bygone era. It's not, you know. We don't see that a lot on television anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, I also thought, like, as far as something I think adults would get, maybe kids wouldn't, like the scene with the vacuum cleaner where they come across the waterfall and the vacuum cleaner starts, mm-hmm. he, he, he has a panic attack is what happens. Mm-hmm. And so if you like, and this is something I learned from the AMA too, it's like, so what happens is the toaster then walks him back and forth in a vacuum cleaner motion, you know, something he's used to to calm him down and he gets very insecure and defensive about it but it's like what an odd detail to include in a children's movie but then it's also a way of discussing like anxiety and panic with children in a way they can understand Mm -hmm. like do you remember what happened to the vacuum cleaner when he got scared like that's what Mm -hmm. that presented to you like a tool for teaching that which is like not something that you would think I mean it should be something that kids are exposed to but not something you'd think a movie would care to do and especially a movie in the late 80s yeah. Um, I thought it was similar with uh, I I always the in the very beginning or towards the very beginning of the movie when the air conditioner mm. gets really angry and that scene had always stuck with me as like for whatever reason very intense and like I don't want to say upsetting because it wasn't like disturbing to me but like oh do you remember how scary that anger was mm-hmm. um, that gosh that anger like it really I mean, he ends up blowing a fuse or whatever and, mm-hmm. and, and breaking himself. Um, but that concept of like getting so angry that you lose control and harm yourself or someone else or scare people. Like, I remember that message being stuck in my brain, even as a kid is like, oh, he's really got to learn how to control that that anger because he really hurt himself and scared everybody with that anger. Yeah. And I, but I, that stuck with me even as an adult. Well, and even like why he was mad was that the the child was too small to to reach him. Like he he mm-hmm. didn't have connection like the other objects did. So that moment at the end when I think the kid's name is Rob when he comes back yeah. to the cottage mm-hmm. as an adult and fixes the air conditioner and the air conditioner <laughs> cries a little freon and it's <laughs> like oh finally he can reach me. It's like oh man. <laughs> I was thinking about. <laughs> right, I'm about to cry. <laughs> I'll try to think about other things because I'm about to cry about all the moments in this movie. It's been a very emotional week for me. I don't know why. It's just everything I've watched has made me cry. And the, the Brave Little Toaster is right up there at the top I, of the list. I think it it's makes Charlie yeah. turning six. It's just such a huge milestone birthday, six. And, you know, it's just really, I think the whole month probably will be yeah, about. Yeah, well, we're going to be sad and thoughtful about that. Yeah, there's been no sort of, like, mental existential crisis for me thinking about, like, oh, God, I'm 20 years old. What it, This is my whole year of my life has just been nothing. What do I do? I don't know what I'm doing with my life. It's all because Charlie's turning six. It is. I mean, it's hard. Um, she keeps saying, what will kindergarten be like? And I keep saying, I don't know. 
say. It'll no be one knows here. at kindergarten. It'll be like this. Here. I don't look around. It looks like this house. <laughs> um, I was thinking about while I was watching this movie, what would the brave little toaster and the cast of appliances look like in the year 2020? Hmm. Because I think it would be like like a Roomba oh. <laughs> and like a like a a, a smart fridge or like Alexa what do you know one of those things uh-huh like a smart appliance and oh, maybe there would definitely um, be an Alexa in there yeah, yeah. And, a and then definitely like yeah, yeah like an old iPhone or iPad or something what do you have instead of a lamp lamps are still kind of lamps yeah. lamps are still lamps <laughs> I guess <laughs> It would just be uh, a more efficient bulb. Now they do. It would be an LED lamp yeah, is what it would be. Yeah. <laughs> they, a better bulb. They have a very fancy toaster now. I don't know if you all have seen, but it has a little like touch screen on the side of it. What? And you pick what kind of thing you're putting in, whether it's like a bagel, a piece of bread, an English muffin, whatever. And then you select like how toasted you want it to look based on the mm. pictures. And then you just tap all those things and put it in. Do you think it'd be like a high-tech toaster this time? Maybe. That wouldn't be as cute. You have a little face on it, maybe. In like I mean, graphics. it still looks like a toaster. Yeah. Instead, of an, instead of an electric blanket, they'd have a weighted blanket. It'd be a weighted blanket. <laughs> yeah, it'd be cute. <laughs> Although it is kind of... It, it's sad to think about it this in, in our current time, just because planned obsolescence of appliances is so built in. Like, you know... There's something wrong with you if you still have an old iPhone or whatever. It's like, not there's not actually anything wrong with you. But, you know, yeah. it's like we, we get right. things to, who doesn't have a drawer full of old abandoned iPhones or, oh, yeah. you know. No, that's very true. I, I, you know, this got me thinking, you said a Roomba and we have like named and made part of the family our Roomba. Yeah. Rufus. Rufus. Well, then you had Jeremy before Rufus. Jeremy got moved downstairs. Oh, so now you have Jeremy and Rufus. Yeah, Jer- oh, okay. Jeremy, Jeremy is the is our is our downstairs Roomba, and Rufus is our upstairs Roomba. Uh-huh. That Rufus is smarter, I guess, is mm-hmm. what I've been. Well, I I don't mean this in a like mean technologically. way. Like technologically, yeah. he's a smarter Roomba. Uh huh. I don't think either are they. I don't even know if they're Roomba brand Roombas. No but idea. You, I mean, everybody knows what a Roomba is. I don't know. Justin got the Rufus one because he's better at knowing the map. Like Rufus knows a map of our house or something. That's kind of scary. Whereas Jeremy didn't know yeah. a map of our house. He would just kind of run into walls. Yeah, Jeremy would run into things. But Jeremy's still cool. He he. Yeah. Jeremy lives in the basement now. <laughs> this this does bring up an interesting point, which is: is it important that in the Brave Little Toaster? They didn't name any of the appliances. They are just what they are. They are toaster mm. and lamp and blankie. Well, I mean, it's a, there's an interesting sort of meditation of purpose in this mm-hmm. movie. Like, they, the reason they want to find the master is because they're validated by serving the master. Like, that's their whole purpose for being, and that's why their names are just what they are, what their mm-hmm. purpose is, what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, they end up back with him so you know there's no deeper resolution that's needed but it is interesting that along the way they they learn how to serve each other and protect each other just purely for that like i i don't know they could have they, they could have named each other friend oh <laughs> that's it would have gotten very confusing they all would have been wrong named with friend. you <laughs> that's the that's named the real message friend 
It's, hey, it's not that they found their way back to the master. It's the friends they made along the way. Yeah, because like they they're talking about the being defined by your purpose, and mm-hmm. now they've learned to be friends, not just appliances. Maybe in when they go to Mars, they get names. <laughs> <laughs> is that why that's the last step of the little toaster's journey is because he just went to Mars and then that's that's no, where he is. No, they go to Mars to fight off like invading uh, Martian appliances or something like that. It's a I don't know. It now I got to watch that one. <laughs> it leaves the planet. Oh no. Uh, I I don't think we can I mean uh especially on the topic of obsolescence. We we can't talk about this movie without talking about the final song in the movie uh Worthless. Mm-hmm. Uh holy crap. Uh, I saw a list ranking the scariest, most like intense Disney songs, and this beat out Hellfire from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, <laughs> because it should. Yeah, I thought about watching that song like if I would have been like Charlie's age watching it, and I was like, I never would have, I never would have stopped thinking about this. <laughs> she she didn't make it to the to the very end of yeah. the film. Um, got distracted, but um, yeah, that would have been a lot for her. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just like that's not. It, there's no other point to it other than we all had lives and now we've been deemed worthless because we no longer can serve our purpose. So mm-hmm. we're we're being destroyed at the junkyard. Like that's <laughs> that's so sad. It's so sad. <laughs> this movie really took me on a journey. I don't know that I was ready. <laughs> I don't know that 2020 was I the wasn't. time to revisit yeah. Brave Little Toaster. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, even like that, like the, the creepy, like the B-movie song when they're in the appliance place and they're yeah. all talking about being ripped apart and used for their pieces. Like, I don't know. I, like, th- there's something deeper there about like, are we just what we can do? And like, is that the only use we have? And then, I mean, that's not for kids, but as an adult and maybe also being locked inside and reading too much into things i'm like i'm not just an appliance fan i'm not just my pieces (laughs) (laughs) well it really speaks to though like the kind of media you expose your kids to when they're little and i don't mean this in a preachy way at all i mean this in a positive way like those some of those themes do settle in um especially with repeated watchings which i know we watch brave little toaster multiple times yeah uh so, I, I mean, those messages, if they're good ones, like, even if your kid doesn't get it, like, you can, it'll get in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it'll worm its way inside <laughs> and stick with you. And you'll find yourself someday, like, 37 years old, looking at your alarm clock going, well, I can't get rid of you. You've been with me so long. I guess once you finally break, I'll just keep you on my nightstand <laughs> flashing 12 for the rest of time. <laughs> But I mean, that's really that's really what happens in the end, right? Because even though the the boy has un- understands that there are better versions of all of these objects, it's not their purpose, it's not their use that makes him love them. It's something else, and that's what makes him want to keep them. So that they've been out, they've been outdated, they've been outmoded. But mm-hmm. there's it's so so they have achieved something greater than their their purpose that they were designed for which is also another important lesson for kids because again when you're young everything it all humans are seen in relation to you and your needs and wants i'm talking about very little kids and then (laughs) part of maturing is seeing people as people who have value intrinsically not just as they relate to you you hope everybody reaches that stage of <laughs> cognitive well. development, <laughs> emotional development. Twenty twenty, man. Yeah. 
<laughs> Just show your kid Daniel Tiger. <laughs> well, this was a very emotional addition for me to our week, but I enjoyed it. Yes. I, I appreciate you both for, for re- re-watching or watching for the first time The Brave Little Toaster uh, with me. It's a very, very important yeah. part of my upbringing. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. And I, I'm going to, when maybe I'll wait till birthday number seven before I have Charlie sit back down with it. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to unpack there. What's next? Well, I would like, we talked about Taylor Swift before. <laughs> we talked about Taylor Swift documentary, but Taylor Swift surprised us all last time right after i announced the last thing i gave us which was glee this mm-hmm. is much better because this was taylor swift's surprise album all written and recorded in quarantine folklore all right i want to talk about it i haven't listened to any of it i don't know how that's happened that it's I have very not- good and very different it's got some good messages and lyrics i have somehow not been exposed to any of it well, now you're going to be exposed to all of it. I will. I will listen. I'll let Charlie. I'll let Charlie listen to this. She'll like it. Yeah. All right. Well, we we have our assignment. We will listen to that for next week. Thank you both. Um, so we can now everyone at home can celebrate Charlie's birthday, the most important August birthday, alongside uh, <laughs> resume the birthday of August celebration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to be on this until it's your birthday. Yeah, I know. Okay. We'll celebrate your birthday, too. It's mm-hmm. a big deal. But, you know, by the time we're doing an episode of this, like, and I'm 20, mm-hmm. it'll be September. It won't even be my birth month anymore. That's well, 2020. We can play pin the bow on the JoJo for your birthday, too, if you want. Thanks. I really appreciate that. <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody listening at home. Uh, you can tweet at us at stillbuff. You can email us at stillbuffering@maximumfun.org if you have thoughts or suggestions or questions or things you want us to talk about. Uh, and thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And, and I, I am too. Do you want to give us one more wiener dog line? Or? Just that one wiener dog line. Okay. Well, I just meant it can't. That's it? Okay. <laughs> Hi, Helen. <laughs> <laughs>